This is episode 297 of the 200 Churches podcast. And I have sat in front of many poor preachers and have been moved by their heart. Yeah. You know, their delivery's been eh, but I wasn't there for the delivery. Yeah. I was there for their heart and their love for God, His Word, and their people, and I've been moved by it. So, just a thought. Welcome to the 200 Churches Podcast. We're passionate about providing ministry encouragement to pastors of small churches. We release a brand new episode every Wednesday to do just that for you, all of our small church pastor friends. Now, here are two guys who are definitely better together, friends, pastors, and podcast partners, Jeff and Johnny. This is the 200 Churches Podcast. My name is Johnny Craig, and I am here with my podcast partner, my good friend, and one of the just best people that I've ever met. Amen, brother. Jeff Katie, <laughs> here with you, Johnny Craig. Good to be with you. Jeff, uh, how are you feeling today? We are in the middle of a church week, a work week. How, how do you feel on a Wednesday? Well, Johnny, this week, uh, Wednesday, I- I'm feeling pretty good. good. I, I have Dave Jacobs coming to preach for me this weekend. I don't have to preach, so... That whole segment of the ministry pressure is oh, off. Oh, there you so go. So that's the that's the urgent and important on on Stephen Covey's uh, on his quad. Yes, uh, it's the urgent and important. But now I get to move to and work on the not urgent but yet important things this week. Yeah, those are the things that I call never getting done ever things. That's <laughs> it's, just, it's a different category for me. <laughs> Yes, yes, and now I forget what I forget what he calls that, but he's got the square and he's got the four corners. Yeah, right. Well, the idea he, is that it's important but not urgent. Yeah, right. I, whatever right. his name is, you know, we there's, get it. There's Stephen. there's there's unimportant and urgent, unimportant and not urgent, and I, spend, I like the unimportant and not urgent. Those are my favorite things. Those are that's, the best things. That's me watching a YouTube video of the top. <laughs> First round KOs in 2017, <laughs> right? Knockouts. That's oh, not man. urgent, not important. While well, you should be writing a sermon. Yeah, exactly. Some, sometimes you just need that. Johnny, today we decided we're going to talk exactly about that for small church pastors. Yes, absolutely. Sermon preparation. The, the weekly, uh, it's the best of times and worst of times, right? <laughs> yes. Because we're excited to preach, we want to preach, we're excited to share God's word, and yet it comes, for most of us, almost every single week. That's exactly right. I know that we have listeners who are solo pastors in churches, and they preach 50 times a year. I mean... That's crazy. I can't even, like my dad, when I was a kid, I mean, he preached about 45 to 50 times a year. That's that's so many sermons. Jeff, Jeff, have you ever, even at Dover, I mean, have you ever preached that many sermons a year? No. Oh, no, not 50. Not oh, 50. Man. It'd be interesting to know. I don't really know how many times I preach right now. I would say it's closer to 40 times a year. When, sure. You know, I've got an associate who will preach. We've got missionaries who come in who will preach every once in a while. Another pastor or an elder in the church might preach. Yeah. Uh, or I might have, like I had recently, I had a couple church planner guys come in, and we just sat on the platform and talked about the biblical basis for church planning and kingdom expansion and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that that absolutely is not me prepping for a message it's basically me doing a podcast episode on my church platform <laughs> right live and in person there you go live and in person but 
but it's good. It's good because people actually hear how the theology and the practice go together. Maybe you know. this is a great way to start. Before you and I start talking about like maybe the nuts and bolts of how we, you know, think about preaching and writing sermons, to just I want to give pastors permission, uh women and men who might be preaching 45 to 50 times a year, like find ways to not prepare 45 to 50 messages. So it's not that you don't that you're not going to be on the platform, but maybe have somebody up with you and do an interview like what Jeff does. Um, you know, maybe have an elder preach for you or something like that. Um, and I, I know that there are churches and there are congregations and they look at their pastor and they see the primary responsibility of the pastor is to bring the word every week. Um, but I tell you what, it's really a good thing for your people to uh, get a different voice or just to get a change of pace once in a while from the the average typical Sunday morning sermon. I really do think that it, it is a lot of value uh, when people can hear something different. And I might even say uh, there's some value in uh, making them, you know, miss your sermons. Familiarity can breed contempt. And so if you're preaching 50 times a year, maybe let somebody else preach and then uh, they'll appreciate you a little bit There more. you go. There you go. No, that's true. And in, in the day and age that we live in, we have to figure out how to communicate truth differently, right? Yeah. Differently. And that's the key. The key isn't that we stop communicating truth or we water it down or blah, 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 that kind of stuff. The key is that we've got to do it just differently. We can't keep doing the same thing. I mean, we, we just live in a different day. In the last 20 years, the, the, all the rules have changed. And communication has got to be creative. So having those guys come up on the platform and talk. Now, to be truthful, I had a few people in my church come to me and say, Man, we we felt like we felt like there there wasn't the word. We felt like we didn't, you know, mm, get the word. Sure. And so, you know, one of the questions that I asked these guys was, you know, what's the, what's the scripture? How has God moved you through scripture to motivate you to actually step out and do this real scary thing, which is to, you know, be a church planner and start a church. Yeah. You know, what scripture has driven you and kind of fueled you and also encouraged your heart? As you've done this, and so we talked about some scriptures in Acts, some scriptures in the in the Gospels. We did talk about it, but no, we did not do a full blown uh, deep dive. Yeah, so we didn't go verse by verse through a passage. But what we did do is, you know, we talked about what Acts chapter one and Matthew twenty eight and Acts chapter two even talk about, and that is you know, sharing the gospel with people, starting a whole new church in a region where, at least for the Alliance, we have no churches. We, we have not one Alliance church in, in the state of Missouri. Oh, wow. And this will be, the this is now the first one. So, uh, you know, I wanted people to see how the scriptures are lived out in the lives of sure. a couple church planner guys. So the truth is 95% of the people were encouraged. One lady was so encouraged that she got up before the last song was finished, and she went out in the lobby and handed those guys a, a check for $1,000. Oh, wow. That's how encouraged she was. That's awesome. She's like, I believe in what you guys are doing. Wow. So, yeah. And, and so, and again, those people that came to me and said, you know, we're not really hearing, we didn't really hear the word. Well, they're older. They're mm-hmm. longtime Christians. Yep. And they're used to a certain thing. But when you're talking about new believers and new people that are coming, uh, 
it's different. They don't they don't feel that way. So we have yeah. to communicate truth. We just have to do it in different ways. Yeah. I like that. All right, Jeff. Let's uh, let's chat. I'm gonna I'm gonna interview you. You're the guest today, and then you'll hopefully interview me. We'll see if you're you know so, you have the skills. So we go, we both get to be guests, Johnny. Yeah, we're both guests. Oh, on goody. our own podcast. <laughs> so people say you know there's exegetical and there's topical, and that's a false distinction uh, in a lot of ways. But if you had if you said oh I got to lean one way or the other, what do you like to do? Would you rather go through a book of the Bible or would you rather go through themed sermons. I love these would you rather questions. So, yeah, I would rather go There's no go wrong th- answer. I'm just asking right, personally. Right. I I would rather go through scripture. I'd rather go through a book of the Bible because you're unpacking one theme, you know, one author. Yeah. Uh the context, the context behind the letter or or the book is going to be the same. It's going to be the same context, and you get to piece together. And oftentimes, especially the New Testament, you'll find a book where there's maybe two, three, maybe eight uh, famous John 3.16 type verses yes. in there. Yes, and And people know, like the end of Philippians, you know, I can do all things through Christ. Yeah, right. And I love the King James, which strengtheneth me. You know, <laughs> Jesus is a witch and not a, a who or a that. <laughs> oh, jeez. So, you know, but but when you go through a book, you get to pull those like in those famous verses out, and you get to teach your people what does this really mean in the context mm. it was actually written in. Yeah, and people can have these aha moments. So right. I would much rather go through a book. It also gives you. Uh, I hesitate to use this word, but I use it in the best sense: predictability. Yeah. You know, right? What you're preaching on. You know what's next. But it doesn't mean that you got to be predictable or you right. got to be bland or didactic in right. the teaching, right? It also, get- I feel like it it relieves some amount of stress. Like I, you don't have to come up with like a new flashy sermon title or series like, oh, well, all in the family and six weeks on family. And then you get to week four right. and realize like, uh, I've said everything about family <laughs> and now I just got to make stuff up, right? Like yeah. I think it helps... Yeah, it helps create a sense of where we're going for everyone and it get and you will always have new fresh content when you're going through scripture. You know what I mean? You don't have to make this stuff up. I mean, it's all right there. So I would agree with you. And I think you're going to touch every if you start preaching through scripture and you take a little old, little new and you swing back and forth between gospels and epistles and prophets and historical books, you're going to end up preaching about family. You're going to end up preaching about faith, about money, about all that stuff. Johnny, I used to hear that, and I in my head I would say, "Yeah, blah blah blah. That's not that's not really true. It's, <laughs> it, you know, it's going to take me how many years to preach on a, a topic that I feel like is important." The truth is, you're, it's exactly true. Yeah, y- you and I live that out when mm-hmm. we preach through John together oh, and yeah. through Acts together and through. Um, what were the three? We preached through Romans together. I mean, mm-hmm. we live that out. We've, we've found that, that what the scriptures have to say is absolutely applicable today. Uh, what, what I did recently, I did this one about the way of Jesus, right? Yeah. The way of Jesus is five different things. Well, what I ended up doing was picking a passage in the Gospels that illustrated that and then, and then really diving into that passage and then bringing out that theme yeah, from right. that passage. So I still, for the most part, I don't like hopscotching around. Right, um, right, right. 
There was that video series a long time ago, The Truth Project, that Focus on the Family put out. And it was presented, and it was slide after slide after slide, quote after historical quote after scripture and all that. It, it was a great presentation, but you had to look at the context it was in. It was in a big classroom. Right. And all those kids were college age, and they were there to learn uh, an argument and the information. Right. And sometimes, I know you you wouldn't you would never think this, Johnny, but every once in a while, I can get a little slide heavy. In fact, <laughs> in fact, my 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 worship pastor came oh. to me a few weeks ago and he said, you know, yesterday was um, man, how many slides did you have? Yeah, it was too, it was too many slides. But I'm so excited to share this passage of scripture and go oh, through these man. scriptures. That I just want, you know, slide after slide. And so you have to balance that, you know, slide after. Now we're into another little bit subtopic here, but. No, uh, that's all right. You know, how, how much scripture, how much scripture in a message can a congregation endure, right? How much can that's, they really that, soak in? There are people who are going to say that's a terrible question because there's no cap to that. But yeah, how much can actually soak in? Uh, there is a. I mean, we're going to be, we're preaching through Acts right now, and we're going to be in Acts chapter 7 next week. We're in 6 this week. Acts chapter 7, that's Stephen's speech to the Sanhedrin. That's 54 verses (laughs) of him going through the entire history of Israel from Abraham to Jesus. You could do a series from Acts chapter 7. If you read those 54 verses, that is... It, you've just read a sermon. That's the whole thing. <laughs> like yeah, you don't need absolutely. to preach after that. So, uh, yeah, be advised about that. Okay, so you prefer to go through books, uh, to go through passages, chunks like that. What's uh, what's like your favorite resources to use, Jeff, for preaching? I know you have logos. You're a big man, big man with a big program. But what's your favorite resources to use? You know, honestly, logos is not my favorite resource. It's Hmm. It's like it's like I'm in a 747. I get in, I slither myself down and plop and slide into that seat, you know, that I don't <laughs> even fit in, and I'm looking around and there's all this stuff. It's almost like logos is for seminary students while they're students. Sure. You know, and I mean there's just so much. I'll go to it and I'll keep it up with that passage and I'll scroll through my resources and stuff. So I'll look at it. Honestly, my favorite resource is blue letter bible blue letter bible blue letter bible.com because i can go into that and i can search you know i open up multiple windows it with multiple versions yep i can search and it shows me how many times it comes up in the bible how many times in the old how many times in the new and then off to the right each book is in a separate little box it shows me how many times that word or phrase pops up in that book you can search for two words, you know, in a in a verse. Find me all the verses where the word Jesus and the, where the word kingdom come up. Mm, so I put mm-hmm. Jesus and kingdom, or Jesus or kingdom, right? Or yeah. a phrase in quotes. I mean, it's so versatile. And then I can I just copy out of that. I paste into a word document all my scripture, and from that word document, I then copy and paste for for whatever slide program I'm using, you whether make- it's keen. Keynote or PowerPoint. Eight thousand slides for your worship and I pastor. Make Eight thousand. Yeah. yeah. Blue I mean, letter Bible. Blue letter Bible. It's it is a great free resource. Yeah. I remember you were big in the blue letter Bible. I I have used it from time to time, but it's not 
one of my top things I don't think that I use. But you have said to me, Jeff, you have a leg up on me. Well, you have many legs up on me. But your favorite resource that you're not naming is 30 years of ministry experience. Well, that's I've already thought about that. And I thought, how do I say that? to especially younger pastors well, who are listening. It's you know? true. So here's what you used to say that to me, and I'd feel like, well, that's nice, but I don't have that. So now I'm yeah. in year seven. I'm in year seven of ministry. Um, and I am leaning on seven years of ministry experience. And it's crazy. Um, it's really wild. The, uh, uh, the, the skills that you pick up, the study skills that you pick up, the, the biblical memory that you pick up after that much sermon writing and that much sermon prep. And so I remember you would say stuff, you know, about like, oh, well, you know, I write this sermon, but it's not the first, you know, I write this sermon in a long list of sermons that I've written and a long list of study that I've done. And I always have like 8,000 books on my desk for, you know, every sermon series, <laughs> but it will, it will get smaller over time, I'm sure, because you put a lot of that information away and it lives inside the Rolodex. So... Well, but my so that, encouragement is keep doing it. Like to younger pastors who are hearing me say this, keep going. Like pick up the books now, and in ten years, maybe you know you use different books or you remember something, and you can ping back to a book that you. I mean, it will build, and so don't be discouraged by that. Actually, be encouraged because that's what you're moving toward. Uh, yeah, women and men who are preaching, you know, pretty consistently. So now I've got more books than I can get to. Right, right, and right. I, right. <laughs> I get I get to books, and so I I have an overabundance of books, but I go through and I pick out the few that I want to take with me home. Sure, you know, for Friday and Saturday, uh, and usually they're not the ones that I've used during the week. Sure, there are other ones that I know on Friday or Saturday. I'm I'm going to study differently those days. Number right. one, because I've got quiet. You know, <laughs> I need quiet. Right, I don't get that at church. But at home, I get it. Right. And so I'm going to study differently on a Friday and Saturday. And then you've got the urgency. I mean, you're just, you're closing in on Sunday. Yeah, exactly. Right. (laughs) And you're, you're, I'm, the way my, the way my brain works, it just works better on Friday and Saturday. There's no bother. Nobody really wants me. They're enjoying their weekend as well. And I can focus on what, how I want to say it. So Monday through Thursday, I'm looking, and I'm spending several hours, you know, in the mornings, yeah. uh, reading. But but there's no urgency to it. Right. I'm just kind of I'm just kind of wandering through the store, right. you know, looking at stuff that I like, <laughs> picking up stuff, right. you know, and talking with other customers, you know, reading what, what people have, are saying. Yes. And then when I leave on a Thursday, there's I always have a few books that I want to take that I know uh, are going to have some really important stuff. Now. Also online, you know, I, I do a search online and I'll go to the fourth or fifth Google search page. You know how it comes up and, you know, there's, yeah. you got a whole page and sometimes you don't get past the first page. Man, go to the fourth or fifth page and don't just settle for something. Look for somebody who's got some credibility. That's a big who's thing. Who's got some education, who's yep. got some writing experience. Yep. And it's always like a goldmine when you can find somebody who's written on the exact topic or subject or text that you're going to preach on. Yeah. Because it just get, it get for me, it gets my brain going and I begin to interact with the author and it helps me to formulate what I want to say and how I want to say it. Invariably, you know, when you get to Sunday morning, it always comes out of you the way you are. Yeah. So Blue Letter Bible help Blue Letter Bible helps me hop around the Bible quickly. Yeah. 
it helps me survey a ton of scripture just right. really fast. It's quicker than picking up my Bible. Mm-hmm. It is way quicker than opening up Logos. I mean, yeah. it's just I you know <laughs> I've had Logos for years, and I've got the gold. Not this, not the highest, but I've got like the gold level, which is like mid, sure. right in the middle. It's tough. So Blue Letter Bible, I hop around the scripture in that. Uh, I I have a, a bunch of books, and if I'm on a series, yeah. I may order two or three sure, more sure. books for that series, and then I take some home with me, and then I also look online. And there's not that many actual pastors that I search their stuff sure. to say, what did they say about this? Right, right, right. You know, there's there may be a couple, but... I I try not to do that, and honestly, I haven't found any that I trust that well. (laughs) So, do you, when you're studying, is it a struggle for you to decide what to put in and what to take out? Because sometimes I say, what I I need to learn, I need to learn a ton. I need to learn everything that I can learn, so that I can so that I can winnow it down to the most important thing for my context. And that's an interesting part of this too. Is I. I preach different in Orange City than I preach here. Different people, different contexts. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I have to... It's like, uh, how many oranges does it take to make a cup of orange juice? <laughs> so yeah, I feel right. like I need like 80 oranges, right? And I'm going to serve a cup of orange juice. Um, is that something you experience? I get so passionate about sharing something, and I will, I'm an oversharer about... My kids used to tell me when I'd start <laughs> lecturing them, you know, you got to do it if you don't. Hey, if you don't do this now, you're not setting yourself up for. And I'll say it three different ways. Yes. And on the fourth way, they'll like, Dad, Dad, enough. I get it. Enough. <laughs> so I can do that sometimes when preaching. And so I, I really do have to try to limit how much information I have in a message, how many points, how many illustrations, yeah. just how much how much content. Because, you know, what I look at and it's, oh, this is only 15 minutes of content. No, that's going to be 23 minutes of content (laughs) right there. So if I have 30 minutes of content, it's probably going to be pushing 40 minutes. Yeah. So you you have to, you know, nobody ever shot an arrow at a pastor because he was getting off the platform too early. Yeah. Right? That's just never happened. How do you gauge how long you're going to be? So you preach off of your PowerPoint, right? Like you print out your slides and that's how you preach. That's what you take into the pulpit with you. Um, but how do you gauge how long it's going to take you to preach something? You know, I'm still trying to figure that out, Johnny. <laughs> I, I really am. Because every once in a while, I'll get up on a Sunday and I'll be like, you know, I said everything in 28, 29 minutes and I'm, I'm kind of shocked, you know, because sure. I thought it seemed like more. So I do not preach it three or four times beforehand. Right. I know Uh, some people do that. Yeah. Right. Right. So I'll sit at my desk and I will talk through it and I'll talk fairly normal to just lower than that of volume. Yeah. And I'll just kind of talk through it. But while I'm talking and kind of speaking through it, I'm articulating the words that I'm going to want to say later. Right. Uh, But then, oh, that was good, Jeff. And then I'll stop and I'll make a note in my notes. Sure. And then after I've printed my notes out on a Sunday morning, I'll stand at my stand-up desk and I'll just go through, I'll go through my notes and I'll be preaching them, almost whispering, you know, kind of preaching, preaching through it and invariably making more notes and adding some things. And I, I, there's no way I personally, and I'm sure that some of you listeners are, are like this too. You can't finish it on Thursday and walk away. 
and then pick it up Sunday morning and then preach it. You got to I mean, at least look at it on Sunday morning. I don't right? yeah. I mean, now some of you can. I envy those of you who can do it like two weeks ahead of time and file it oh, and then man. pull it out. I envy you, but I can't do that. I What, what strikes me about that, because I was thinking about that, the, the folks who write it so far ahead of time, I am not a uh, slave to current events, but there's things that happen in the world that I would like to give note of or mention or use as an illustration that would be contemporary. And I like to write, so I use size 18 font and I write nine pages. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that's how I, that's like eight, nine pages. That's 30, 35 minutes. Okay. So like, that's how I gauge time. And, and, and I read some of it and I, you know, some of it just comes out. Um, but I like to be able to key off of things that are going on. And if I write my, if I write a sermon two weeks in advance, I would have to make changes the week of at least. You know what I'm saying? Like I'd have to pull it back out right. and, and and get some of that stuff going anyway. I, I'd like to be in that habit. I really would. Um, but I'm like you, man. I like to do as much writing as I can by Thursday. I take Friday off and inevitably on Saturday I'm doing something on that sermon. <laughs> yeah. So so I feel compelled to say this to, to us and to uh, our listeners that we got to avoid the comparison trap when it comes yeah. to us as as preachers, because there's always going to be somebody better than us, and there's sure. always going to be somebody who does ex- who's wired like us, exactly like us, does exactly what we do, and they do it better. Right? It's not sure. just that they're oh they're wired differently. No, they're they're wired exactly like me, but they just do it <laughs> better than me. You know, it's like my wife saying, "Oh, I have the most handsome husband in the world." No, dear, you really don't. <laughs> You know, I could come up with a million probably, oh no, let's see, there's 7 billion people. I could come up with probably 2 billion guys that are more handsome than me. So we just just can't compare. So what I would say to to our listeners is, Pastor, if you're going to preach this weekend, you are preaching. You are preaching to your people. And God is going to filter his water of life through you, and it's going to come out with your DNA on it and you be proud of that, and yeah. I mean, do your best. Do your best. Work hard. Depend on the Holy Spirit. Um, draw from whatever you can draw from. But you're not. We're not going to be perfect every weekend. And if we live and die by every weekend, man, we're not. We're just not going to be in the business for that long. You know, that's a great point too. Two weeks ago, I preached a sermon, and um, it was timely. It was a timely message, and it, the it resonated with folks. And I got a lot of feedback and I knew, I knew that the next week I would not be able to preach a sermon that was received as well. Yeah, Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like it's you a can't double-edged keep up with sword. Yourself. <laughs> right. Exactly right. I mean, you might preach a sermon and it's like, wow, somehow that was like it for people. Uh, you still have to preach next week. You know what I'm saying? And like, and that's the thing is I got up and I preached next week and I couldn't let there's not, I couldn't chase what I had done the week. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Oh yeah. We, I think at our best are vessels of the spirit. And, uh, and in that space, we don't have to chase ourselves and we don't have to chase any other pastors. We have to be, we have to be truthful about what the spirit has laid on our hearts and expect God to do the rest. Yeah. So Johnny, as you uh, approach a week, let's say you do have a series that you're in. Yeah. Let's say it's uh let's say it's in a book. Okay. 
and you've got another chapter. So you're in Acts right now. Yes. When you get to Monday morning, uh, are you, because you're in a series, you're not starting completely fresh, right? right. Because you've preached through the previous passages. Yep. But how do you approach it on Monday? Do you, honestly, do you even touch it on Monday or Tuesday? Or is it often Wednesday or Thursday before you really start to get into it? I like to, I'm at least reading the passage a few times through on Monday. And if I can, I'll grab I'll grab a commentary or something. But usually Monday, I don't get that much into it. By Tuesday, I'm, I'm trying to get into it. And then I want to have some words on the paper by when, you know, on Wednesday, I want to put some words on paper. And at my best, Jeff, at my very, very best. Yes. I write the words, let's pray at the end of my sermon on Thursday afternoon. Now, that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> but when it yeah. does, I feel super good because yes. it's like now I get to enjoy the weekend and not be worried about this, you know, anymore. So yep. I, I always I always felt that way, that I that, that was the best, that I should have it done on a Thursday. And and what I figured out is that on a Saturday, starting at about noon. I will start working on it in dribs and drabs, no matter how much of it I have done, hmm. whether it's all done or not. Hmm. I will I will sit down, I'll look at it, I'll open my laptop, I'll read, I, you know, I'll be outside, I'll pull up my phone, and I'll I'll just pull up the Bible app and I'll just read the passage. Yeah, I'll get ideas. I, I mean, I've already got my message done, and then I read the text like on a on a Friday afternoon or a Saturday afternoon, and I'll get new ideas. Yeah. I'll go to bed. I'm thinking about it. I'll take a break. I'll watch the you know the the, the top fifty uh, KOs in boxing history, right? <laughs> right for fourteen yeah. minutes, yeah. And right. and I'll and then I'll you know I'll maybe I'll get something to drink and I'll come back to it. And it's it's tor- it's honestly it's almost torturous for me in the sense that I just wish I could close the book, sure, and be done with it, sure. and I just can't. It used to stress me out. It doesn't stress me out anymore. Though. That's good. Because I know that I'm never finished until I walk out of my office and head down the hall to to go to the auditorium. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just not finished until I – and I'm just okay with that. I don't feel guilty about it. It's just the way I process. I, I will tell you, Jeff, after watching you preach for many years, you're not finished till it's coming out of your mouth. I've seen you I've seen well. you still building out your arguments on the fly, man. And that's not a criticism. I think that that's you know, you're working it out all the way up until the end when you're saying it. But it is because you've put in the time thinking about it and reading about it. It's not thoughts off the top of your head, right? You're not right. freestyling out there. You're still pulling out of the bank, right? Yeah, all the it's way, not like all the our podcast. Through. It's not like our podcast, right? <laughs> no, it's not like our See, we have a 296 episode bank to pull from for yeah. our podcast. So, so this past Sunday, this here's a perfect example. This past Sunday, I preached in the in the early service and then I get into the second service and I'm preaching about uh the way of Jesus is the way of the kingdom. And we got into adoption. One of the things I said was that somebody yeah. who's living a kingdom life some people who are living kingdom lives, they'll actually, uh, they'll actually adopt. Oh, yeah, here's what it was: when you get adopted, I, I, you know, you go into heaven when you die, right? That's why we get saved, so we can go to heaven when we die. And it doesn't make any difference in, else in our lives. But we just make that decision, we pray that prayer, and then we're good. And then we go to heaven when we die. And I was saying that you know, if you get adopted into a family, that moment of adoption has huge implications on your life. Yeah. 
I mean, it's like you're part of a family now. Yeah. You're actually, you know, and I and I tease that all out, and I talked about people who will go and they'll go to the judge. Oftentimes a picture is taken in chambers with a judge and oh, with yeah. the adoptive parents and yep. with the with the kid and and we rejoice over it, but that's not where it ends, right? It's right. but but those parents are giving up all their freedom. They're, you know, we were talking about freedom, and I just, and then I went on this rant about parents giving up their freedom to bring in a child who could cause all kinds of stuff in their lives. They don't know sure. what what joys and sorrows the child might bring, yeah. but they give they give of themselves because they're free in Christ to give up their personal freedom mm. to be slave to another and serve the needs of another and that's the kingdom life this lady comes up to me in the in the lobby she came out again before the service was even done i walked out during the last song and she followed me out and she's in tears she said i, I don't know if god gave that to you or if you had that in your notes but but my um uh, and I'm, i guess i'm not going to get into the details but they're adopting Mm. And it's quite a dramatic and quite a sure. uh, a heart wrenching and heartwarming story at the same time. Yeah. But she said, "God just spoke through that to me." I, I just and I told her, I said, "Well, it, if you'd have been here in the first service, you wouldn't have heard that." So <laughs> I suppose that I suppose that God's you know spoke to you. So yeah. so that's where you know we can get we can get real anal and real organized about it. But yep. then. We have to understand that God God still speaks through us. Mm-hmm. The Spirit speaks through us into the lives of our people. Absolutely. All right. All right, Jeff. I uh, I hope that this has been at least interesting for folks to listen to. We're not being prescriptive. We're not telling you how you need to go preach, how you need to go plan and prep. But I hope what you hear is like, it's okay however you're doing it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you are, if you're seeking God and you're seeking truth and you are opening yourself to the Holy Spirit to be a vessel of of the Spirit of God on Sunday morning or Saturday night or Sunday night, whenever your service is, it, you're doing the right thing. And and keep on keeping on. And if you'd like to have different habits than you have, well, you work on those, you know? But don't kill yourself over it. Don't beat yourself up. Like you were saying, Jeff, don't beat yourself up if you're not done on Thursday night, if you're going to be working on it on Saturday afternoon anyway. <laughs> You know? Right, right. Uh, but if exactly. you need to be done on Thursday night because your husband told you that you can't be spending another Saturday night writing your sermon, then you better be done on Thursday. You know, so uh, you know, f- figure that stuff out for yourself and um, and keep on keeping on. I hope that you've been encouraged and at least interested in this conversation, Jeff. This was fun. We've never talked about this before. Yeah. So, so Johnny, you, normally we'd have the body of the episode, and then we would do the outro. Yeah. So let's do the outro. So, Johnny, that was a pretty good episode. Uh, I think that we shared some good thoughts, shared from our heart yeah. about preaching and the process of the homiletical discipline. Ooh. So um, what do you think? I think that that's uh, – I don't think we need a very long outro today. No. I feel like we covered so <laughs> so uh, great – we did such a great job covering our topic that in the outro we can just say, yeah, go uh, go and do likewise. But not likewise. Go and do you wise. Go and you do said you it, wise. John. There you go. There you go. I you like said that. it, right? We got, we got to be ourselves. And Absolutely. I, and I think what you said is so important and so true. Don't beat up on yourself. Right. Like pastors, and Dave Jacobs will tell you this, and Carl Vaders will tell you this, and, and Ray Hollenbach will tell you this. Pastors are often in the vice grip, mm. uh, the crucible, 
and ministry throughout the week. Yeah. And then you get out, then you get on up on Sunday morning and, you know, ta-da, you know, you got to present it's this gem and this jewel of great, you know, the pearl of great price message. Yeah. Just live, a, be, just be normal, live yeah. a normal life, get up and share God's word, do the best job you can. Don't compare last week to this weekend. And for heaven's sake, don't compare yourself with another pastor yeah. or another preacher. Because you know what, Johnny? We can we know this. Some of the poor preachers, homiletically poor, and even delivery poor, are the best pastors. They're the they're the best pastors. But sometimes they present the best messages to their people because their people aren't there to hear some mm. like Billy Graham crusade, you know, <laughs> silver tongued. Yeah oratory. Yeah. They're there to hear from a person and they're hearing from God and and that pastor's not getting in the way of the Holy Spirit and not right. getting in the way of the word of God. Mm. And I have sat in front of many poor preachers and have been moved by their heart. Yeah. You know, their delivery's been yeah, but but I wasn't there for the delivery. Yeah. I was there for their heart and their love for God, his word and their people and I've been moved by it. So, just a thought. Amen. Amen, Jeff. All right. Well, thank you for hanging out. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next week for episode 298. Yes, we will. Of the 200 Churches Podcast. My name is Angela, and I want to thank you for listening to this episode. If you haven't already, you should subscribe to our weekly email at 200churches.com and to the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You know it. We'll be back next week with another amazing and encouraging episode just for you. Until then, may God bless you as you lead and love his church. All right. Okay. All right. This is uh, 297. Let me put this on quiet. So, Jeff, when you, what is, um, do you like, oh, uh, see, don't, I don't want anyone to get started. I yeah. don't want to get started. Where were we at? Um, <gasps> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. were saying that you didn't really do and I said a deep dive exegetical. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, let me just tell you this now that we've fallen off the wagon here. <laughs> we'll be good to go. Just upload your audio for me. All right. See ya. Bye.